All right, welcome in. It is Thursday. How is everybody? Hope you're doing well. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio on this Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, uh, why don't we start with Taylor Tatum today? Because uh, the USC fans are not happy Oklahoma, which means you are happy. Very I take happy. It. The 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 less uh, the more misery for USC and particularly Muleshoe, the happier I get. That's, I tell you that's what, how it works for speaking me. Speaking of misery, I got to the studio this morning and I had a moment. Like the instant this happened to me, I was like, "Oh man, this sounds like one of the stories Steely tells about getting old. Stuff that happens to you when you're a geriatric." Yeah, things don't work I, as well. I took a sip of my sweet tea. It went down the wrong pipe. I ended up having a coughing fit and in the process threw my back out. So I now have Not back good. pain Jeez, caused dude. by a coughing fit, which in turn was caused by an inability to properly drink sweet tea. At this point, I'm you're like, wow, I'm basically rest, steely. You're going to be in the rest home with me. Maybe we can uh, split the bill. What do you think? I mean, that's an old man move right there. Now, the wrong pipe incident is very difficult to deal with, you know? It can be tough because there's usually a coughing fit after that. The eyes water. It's unavoidable. And it's not good. It's not good at all. So, yeah, the wrong pipe incident, which sounds very wrong, uh, <laughs> is not is not a fun situation. Hey, you got the wrong pipe, man. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Mule Shoe is about to get stuffed in a locker by DeMarco Murray. I will tell so you who's in the pipeline right now. Taylor freaking Tatum, that's who, right? And Mule Shoe. Now, the SC fans, based on what I saw, they said that Lincoln Riley Muleshoe botched this. Did he? Or is that just excuse-making from the SC people? Yes, I think to a certain extent Muleshoe botched it. How did he botch it? Okay, here's what you must consider. Taylor Tatum's official visit came prior to his official visit to OU. Mm -hmm. So, he's out in L.A., Lincoln Riley saying, hey, you know what, I I made the whole thing work for Kyler Murray as far as the – two sport thing so just come to sc and i'll hook you up and then he comes to ou and skip johnson's like well that was all a lie whatever he told you don't believe a word of it and here's this person and this person and this person that can validate all of it i'm the one that helped kyler murray navigate his two sport schedule mule shoe didn't know what the heck he was doing. So and had Mule no Shoe got body Mule slammed Shoe, by Skip Johnson Mule in this Shoe tried to take credit yes. for the work of Skip Johnson and then, of course, Taylor Tatum turns around the next week and he's got an appointment with Skip Johnson and then finds out nice. that Mule was lying to him. Okay, I kind of thought that's what had happened, but I love the fact that Skip came off the top rope with a flying elbow and knocked his ass out. That's awesome. I love it. He's evidence, still out cold, hopefully. Evidence, Steely, that lying eventually catches up to you. Yes, the shortcut people, you know... Run from competition. We didn't run from competition. We ran to USC. Yeah, whatever. Uh, But I love it. I absolutely love it because lying liars need to be caught in those lying lies. And you know what's like? You know what's flawless about all of this is that who is better equipped to recruit against Lincoln Riley for a two-sport star that plays running back? than the tag team of DeMarco Murray and Skip Johnson. I, that's a great tag that team right mod- now, man. That is the modern-day Nacho y Esqueleto right there. There you go. That's a powerful tag team. Where are we building Skip's statue? I mean, obviously the one's going to go outside of uh, Mitchell 
Park, but we need another one. Can we put a miniature Skip Johnson over there in Heisman Park if this comes through? What if we rendered a statue of Skip Johnson and mule shoe alongside him as a <laughs> leprechaun and Skip's given him the short guy gesture? Oh, Ronnie Crimson. Skip is the one who knocks. He also just landed that transfer pitcher. Skip is on a roll right now. Now, okay, so Taylor Tatum, number one running back in the country. And, uh, you know, there's a possibility there. We think Xavier Robinson is coming eventually, right? Won't be too long. And then if you add Caden Durham to that mix, do you think, are you still of the, uh, of the uh, mind that Oklahoma would take Tatum, Durham, and Robinson? I am. I am. There's no question they would take all three. And I would say right now they get all three. You know what else? It's just a beautiful little added layer to all of this is the fact that DeMarco Murray hat fakes USC at the All-American Bowl at his own commitment ceremony mm-hmm. back in 2006. Didn't they want him to play DB? Was yes. that the word? Yes. So he hat fakes USC in favor of Oklahoma. Fifteen years later, he's the running backs coach at OU. Mule shoe bolts for USC and offers him more money to come be the running backs coach at USC. DeMarco says F off, and then he goes and wins the battle for Javante Barnes down the stretch in that very recruiting class, not much more than, what, six, seven weeks later? Javante Barnes will tell you he came down to OU and USC, but in the end, what swung it was DeMarco Murray. And now, here we are, nearly two years later, and DeMarco Murray is about to once again steal a nationally regarded running back prospect from under USC's nose. I love it. Do people still do ticker tape parades? Do we still have ticker tape somewhere? Because what we need in a vehicle, in a convertible, sitting on the back seat, propped up, waving to people, Taylor Tatum in the middle, DeMarco on one side, and Skip on the other. And just a downtown freaking ticker tape parade. And like we run over a doll like a mannequin in mule shoe. Right there, you know, by the train tracks. Just plow right past him. And boom. That would be awesome. So, Skip Johnson, national hero. DeMarco Murray, national hero. You will shoot national disgrace. Please, now, don't let this flip. Whatever you do, gods of recruiting, don't let this flip. Because you know that Mule Shoe has more lies in him. He's like, it's like if you. Oh, yeah, more lies and more money. Well, and here's the deal. If you ever watched the uh, series, any of you watch the series Billions on Showtime where it's basically Bobby Axelrod doing whatever he has to do to keep making billions of dollars, the hedge fund manager, or the attorney, uh, even though they, well, I'm not going to give anything away, Chuck Rhodes, who's played by Paul Giamatti, who will also do anything to enhance his own career, lie, cheat, steal, whatever. They're, they go after each other for a while and everything. But, but if you've seen Billions... Muleshoe has about the soul of Bobby Axelrod. He'll do whatever to lie his way through this. So, but still, it looks good for Oklahoma because we need the we need good to defeat evil in long term. Usually it does, but it sometimes it takes a while, right? But in this case, this would be a really good victory. One of the best. I mean, this is two Utah wins and a Tulane win, all packaged together as number one. But this would be second on the we hate USC list. A listener in the 918 via the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line says, can you imagine Muleshoe going three rounds with either Skip or DeMarco? I would spend every last dime to my name to watch that in person. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. 
All right. Uh, Mule Shoe gave Eve the apple in the garden. (laughs) (laughs) Your previous one, Big Rich, was a little bit too graphic, but that one works, and it's still really good. So I like it. (laughs) So good. Skip Johnson. So good. What a great. I love that. You know, and people should be called out for their BS. If he's making that up, you know, well, you may not. He was here for a while, you know. No. If he's lying, call him out. If he didn't have. Muleshoe probably bitched about it, knowing how he is, right? (laughs) I mean, Austin Kendall left, and he started crying about that. Chandler Morris left. He started crying about that in conference transfer stuff. And then only when some heat came down on him. You know, nationally and certainly some in the market and people were saying, man, can you believe this guy? Uh, Then he backed off his stance, but I love it. Sugar Shannon, Newcastle. I fertilized my garden this year with fresh mule shoe. Only thing that guy is good for, honestly. I like it. I like the tone of this show. Nothing but pure pettiness right off the bat. Pure pettiness with Steel Man and Thone here on The Ref. I, I've got to say, I think I'm the king of pure pettiness when it comes to USC and that guy, and probably going to be there for a while. I'm trying. I'm trying to get out of it, but, you know, it's just it, just when I think I'm out, it pulls me back in every time. But this would be a nice victory. So you're feeling right now, percentage-wise, for Taylor Tatum eventually winding up at Oklahoma at what? 70%, 75%? I would say 80%. Mm. Everything points to Oklahoma here. Really the only way that Muleshoe could flip this thing, and it is OU and USC. It's down to those two schools. Really the only way that Muleshoe could flip this thing is with a lot more money. And even then, it's probably not enough because I don't think Tatum's that type of kid. But, yeah, how about OU? Trending very nicely and very quickly here for the number one running back in the nation. What about the uh, Wallace Marsh private investment fund? Is that available if need be? Wallace, is it? I, we're just asking him. Just I don't know. So, <laughs> listener said, Muleshoe got donkey punched by DeMarco. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. All right. Ronnie normally- Crimson says, if you watch Muleshoe throw out a first pitch, is it's easy to understand why Tatum doesn't want to go there. Oh, man. All right. Uh, We're normally at Cabins on a Thursday. We are not this week. We will be back there next week. But we want to tell you, of course, what Cabins does. They're the best in emergency situations. Uh, You know, if you have a fire incident, pipes break, you have flooding, mold growth, they're the people to call. I've always said put this number in your contacts. You put Cabins Emergency in Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048 in Stillwater and Tulsa. 918-282-7612 online at cabinsgroup.com. I think we're going to hear from Gary a little bit later on via phone today. We'll be back out on location at Cabins next Thursday. Ticker Tape Parade is coming featuring Taylor Tatum, DeMarco Murray, and Skip Johnson waving to thousands of Sooner fans traveling down Main Street. The ticker tape is falling, and at the end of the route – they step on the accelerator and run over a mule shoe mannequin dressed in SC garb. There's the plan right now. City leaders, let's put it together. You can do this. Get off your keisters and get this done. All right, stay with us. We're coming right back. All 
Also, of course, want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour here on Steelman and Thune. As always, 405-579-3113. Get that AC tune-up done. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You know how reliable Timmy Lasher was as a Sooner kicker. I mean, it was right through the uprights and all those big games. So his company just as reliable. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Before we go to the tax line, some great texts are rolling in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. Really good. 405-651-3439. David Stone was on with your boy Brandon Drum, OU Insider. Podcast last night. Some of you may have had a chance to see that. I'm sure a lot of you did. But let's hear a couple things that David Stone, the five-star defensive lineman from Dell City, playing at IMG Academy, uh, one of the top recruits in the country. The Sooners would love to sign this kid, and he could be, you know, like like the guy to help lead Oklahoma along with Jackson Arnold, P.J. Adabare, Peyton Bowen, some of the stars in last year's class, the three five-stars. Uh, signing David Stone would be gigantic for the University of Oklahoma. Let's. This was interesting because – it wasn't all about recruiting. There were some recruiting nuggets in there, but David Stone was asked by Brandon, what does he enjoy? What does he really like to do when he gets away from football? Here's what David Stone had to say. For starters, I like spending time with my family. That's like the number one thing for me. I spend a lot of time with my family, so it's just something that I'm very comfortable with. Like, if you ever see me somewhere, I'm probably with one of them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like my cousin, brother, sister, mom, dad, auntie, uncle, someone, like I'm always with a family member. And um, another thing I love, like I'm like later after we get done with this, of course, I'll be watching anime. That's something I do all the time. There you go. Family and anime for David Stone. But we were talking about this before we came on, Parker, because you hear that as a Sooner fan and you want David Stone in the fold and you hear, I love to be around my family. And you think, wow, there you go. That's got to be a big advantage for Oklahoma, right? Well, let's say David Stone gets a million five from the Miami Hurricanes. And guess what? You've got money for your family to travel to see you play in that situation. So is an advan- is it an advantage? Probably. But maybe not as big as an advantage as it used to be, clearly, before the NIL. Genuine question, not hating. What is the fascination with anime? Like, I need this explained to me. What is it about anime? Dragon Ball Z and all that stuff. I... It's just it's never it's never been my wheelhouse, never been my arena. The, so it's completely foreign to me. Huge I am in the gaming entirely, community, huge in the gaming community too. Uh, people love that stuff. Young people love that stuff. The youngsters, the young whippersnappers. You know what I mean? Yes, but to your point there, family is important to David Stone, and so from that perspective, Oklahoma is the place that makes a ton of sense because you're right down the road from your family. But again. If you got enough money in the bank, yeah, doesn't really matter where you are geographically. You can go see your family as much as you want. Yeah, or the family, you can say, yeah, here you go, man. You you guys, here, you know, we're gonna play, uh, you know, this week. Come on out. Here's here are your plane tickets. You know, no skin off my back with all this nil money. But uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that works out. Where does David Stone's family live? Says Derek Dell City. Okay, so they they don't. They're not out in Florida at IMG. They're no, only still, David yeah, Stone is at it. IMG. Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. So, okay, Brandon, 
also, towards the end of the interview, Brandon Drum asked David Stone about his timeline for making a decision. You still have that early August timeline, or like, are you, you just kind of whatever? Is it, is it, is it just how you feel? Like, wake up one morning, be like, hey, I'm going to set up this interview with such and such to do a live commitment type deal. Like, how do you want to do that? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like once I know, I know. But yeah, for me. I feel like that the number one thing, I just want to feel comfortable where I'm at, you know? Hmm. I don't have, like, I, I feel like there's always going to be in my head, like, hey, what if I, you know, decide to go here? But I just want to know that I'm just, you know, happy with my choice and that I don't have no other, like, regrets about it. I mean, yeah. I think there's always going to be a little bit of doubt in your head, but I want to be happy, like, at least, like, the majority of where I'm at, you know? The party in the palace in late July. Will you be back for that? Uh, Coach Base was asking me about it, but I'm probably not going to make it. Gotcha. I'll be back on campus at IMG the 20th. So the 20th of July. Oh, you'll be back on 20th of July. I gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, hell, he gone. He ain't going to the party at the palace. But he's going to be there July 20th. So I don't know. You... You said, uh, I was asking you about Taylor Tatum right now, and you said 80%. You feel good about Taylor Tatum winding up at OU. I where, do. Where are you with David Stone right now, percentage-wise? 65%, I would say. Okay. Look, it's a five-star defensive lineman. <laughs> David. Like he... <laughs> oh, my God. Sugar shade. David Stone is going to a Japanese university. You heard it here first. <laughs> Majoring in Univ- anime and football. University of Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Tokyo, if you had a college there, you know, the Tokyo Godzillas, would, it would have to be, right? Or maybe it's a Tokyo anime. I don't know. Okay, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. I mean, he seems like a good kid, got a great smile, good personality. Um, but we, we kind of did get the feeling that he was going to play this out for a while. So... It's always kind of felt that way. Like a- a- anybody that says they know what David St- Stone's timeline is has no idea what they're talking about. I promise you, because it, it like, if that doesn't tell you that not even David Stone knows what David Stone's timeline is, I don't know what does. So it's like it. This is where you figure out who's equipped to follow recruiting and who can't handle it, because the people that are freaking out in late July if David Stone hasn't committed yet are the people that should probably invest less of their emotion into recruiting. Because especially when you're dealing with a five-star, you're going to have to have patience. And you're going to have to understand that there are Mm -hmm. peaks and valleys, ups and downs, twists and turns in the process, trying to get a kid of this caliber committed. And a dude like P.J. Atabare who commits without any drama is the exception and not the rule. Or go uh, go get hooked up at a weed shop. Maybe that'll help you a little bit. Nah, I, I don't do that, but it might help you. might help you simmer down a little bit when it comes to recruiting for some of the people who freak out from day to day. So when did the DJ Hicks announcement come down last summer? I'm trying to remember. Was that July? September 28th. September. Yeah. Holy cow, it was September. Yep. Wow. I thought it was like mid-late summer. No. Because remember, it was the party of the palace where, well, I, for for what it's worth now, and which when is he nothing, silently like, committed, exactly like the party of the palace was where 
it became apparent that David Stone or David Hicks, excuse me, was going to be a Sooner. And then we at, at that point we were all just waiting on when the announcement was going to take place. And then two months later, he's finally set to commit. Wake up the morning of, and it's Oklahoma, and he calls the Oklahoma staff and is excited about the announcement. And then Jimbo and Texas A&M slide in there at the eleventh hour and coax him back to College Station. So yeah, that was. <laughs> oh man, I could still hear Tyler opening up the show with "Happy David Hicks Day." And then the happiness, yeah, didn't occur. That was, I think the text line was moving at the speed of light, probably right after that came down. I, so, but everybody thought that's what's gonna what was gonna happen. It was gonna be DJ Hicks to Oklahoma, and finally, didn't it start leaking about twenty thirty minutes before that? Oh, this is something's going down here, and it doesn't look good. It was about ten minutes before, about ten minutes. Mama looked very upset. Dad was like, man, we got this house paid off. <laughs> this is great. Dad was like, come no on. No more paycheck to paycheck, man. We're headed towards a mansion. And mom was like, you just signed with Jimbo Fisher. What a weird day that was. Very strange. Uh, weird is one word. I would go with miserable myself. Oh, yeah, for you guys, Absolutely. No doubt. All right. Normally, we're at Cavens again here on Thursday, but uh, we're not there this week. We are going to be back next Thursday. Mold testing, mold removal, emergency water uh, extraction, structural drying, all kinds of cleanup, tornado response, smoke and fire damage cleanups. Uh, They're great with roofing as well. Chris Smith does a great job over there at Cavens as well. So when you have an emergency, you need to be calling Cavens Group. They have the best reputation in the area. Norman and Oklahoma City, 405 573 3048 and in uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612, online at com. All right, break time right here. When we get back, is your list of hated teams changing? Because I, I think there's been some fluctuation there. I want to talk about because it's going to be really changing in the SEC too. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. If you're an olds like me and you have some vision problems, usually I think the age they talk about is 43. You know, I'm approaching 60. That's a lot more than 43. But you want to throw away those reading glasses. I had, uh, I had a procedure done by Dr. Bellardo a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. And recently I had a little bit of haze that came back in the left eye. Still could see pretty well but there was just a little bit of haze so we went and had it checked out there was a little scar tissue growing around the lens it's very rare but it happens occasionally zapped it right out was in and out of there and in 40 minutes got it done eagle vision is back i feel good about that you should too if you want to go see dr Bellardo, you need to get it done because they're the best in the business call them up at 405-755-7700 get your free consultation from dr Bellardo. they've been the leaders in the field of vision correction in the oklahoma city metro area for well over 20 years now super comfortable environment it's very relaxing and they are the best in the business so again you want to throw away your reading glasses or you know somebody texts you and what do you do you either move the phone right up in front of your eyes like this or you're holding way out at arm's length oh my gosh what do they say you know that's uh, what Dr. Bellardo can uh, take care of for you. 
and uh, they are the best. So, again, call them up, 405-755-7700. Get your free consultation from Dr. B. Or go online to ALCOK.com, the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. If you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They'll do a great job for you. All right. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, list of uh, – I can hear my mom saying hate is a strong word, but – Hated teams now. Now, Texas, again, is going to be atop that list. And I don't see Texas being bumped off that list because there's too much tradition, too big of a rivalry. But I'll tell you, hated teams right now, Parker Thune, for me, let's see if you can uh, – Let's see if you can guess them. All right, well, you've already elevated USC and TCU over Texas. Okay. I'm not sure why, but you have. No, no, no. TCU's not there yet. Oh, really? But they're 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 moving up the ladder. But you so I still have Texas one. I said maybe last year, but if I'm going hated teams and I'm I'm not going this is kind of over the last two or three years. But this is how I see it playing out for me. Texas one. Sure, USC two, obviously. Boom. Nailed it. Currently, Texas Tech is third still, just okay. because of the fan yeah. base. And I, you know, I will give the Longhorns credit. I didn't know they called them Sand Aggies out there, but that's great. It's a very Texas-sounding thing, but I, it, it, I laughed about it. Number four is LSU, and I'm anticipating the SEC teams. And then Florida is number five for me. I don't know why, but I just don't like Florida. Maybe Interesting. It was, maybe it was Dan Mullen. Maybe it was feeling like the Sooners should have won that game. Percy Harvin went off, but Tim Tebow, you know, Sister Christian was out there. Nothing wrong with Christianity, but Tebow was out there barking at Nick Harris the whole time. And you felt like the Sooners, if they would have had DeMarco Murray, they would have had a, a much better chance to win that game. And then Dan Mullen's act at Florida, you know, after the Cotton Bowl. I, there's something about I just don't like Florida either. So I'm going with Texas, then USC, then Texas Tech, LSU, and Florida. But there's a great chance that those SEC schools will be moving on up. And let's say Muleshoe goes and coaches. Where, where do you think Caleb Williams is going to wind up? Who's going to have the number one pick? If I had my way, it'd be Tampa Bay. Sorry, Baker. Wherever, but... wherever he goes, if Muleshoe follows, and if Muleshoe does go to the NFL. See, there was already – some USC dislike built in because the Sooners have had some tough times with Southern Cal. You know, if you go to Winsipedia, it's really weird how it works out. Well, like Oklahoma's done well against Alabama. They've had some big wins against Alabama. But against USC, I can remember two daggers. One was a last-minute dagger out in the Coliseum when um, that was the Marcus Allen USC team. And – John Major rolls out left and throws the uh, pass in the corner of the end zone to the tight end, Fred Cornwell. I can still remember it. And the Sooners lose in the last uh, minute or so of that game out at the Coliseum. And then, of course, 55-19 to 19 was, a, was a national nightmare that night. Everything went south after the Mark Bradley, uh, you know, fumbled punt and everything. And it, it was just horrible. It was a horrible night. And then, as I said, we had, uh, we had a radio trip with listeners who – uh, could pay to come on uh, this trip, or we had a hotel, and they were going on the bus with us. So after the game, the bus, we're sitting on waiting on some people to come back because they, the bus driver wasn't supposed to leave until everybody was accounted for. Uh-huh. Well, there were a couple people who decided, we're out of here. 
So they left like in the middle of the third quarter, but didn't tell everybody. So we sat there in a bus waiting for them for like 90 minutes after the game while the USC band played tribute to Troy and fight on within like 20 yards of us. So I would say the natives were very, they were about to tip that bus over and strangle the bus driver. But luckily that didn't happen, but it was a long night. So uh, that's where I am, Texas SC, Texas Tech. And as far as uh, SEC teams, LSU and Florida on my list. But could be moving up. (laughs) From a listener in the 708, Oregon, unless you're from the West Coast, I know exactly why a recruit is going there. And it's not to be seen live on the CW after One Tree Hill. (laughs) And that picture of Lanning smoking a cigar works me up. Like, cool, man. You dropped a bag. Hard day at work. Time to relax. Well, Dan Lanning had a better first year than Brent's. Do you think that Dan Lanning was ever a serious candidate at OU? He was mentioned. He was a, lot. a very serious That's candidate. That's what I thought, yes. too. Like if, if Brent Venables had, for whatever reason, said no, Dan Lanning would be the head coach at the University of Oklahoma. Interesting. But Florida gave us a big game, Bob. You're right about that. From a listener in the 580, seriously, why are Texas Tech fans so bad? Why on earth do they feel like they have anywhere near enough clout to be as annoying as they are? I don't know. Because they're little brother a lot, because definitely little brother to Texas, and they're little brother to Texas A&M in many ways, certainly financially. Now, look, there's some money at Tech now, though. That There's more money at Tech than... You know, I, I, I guess it goes with oil and, you know, the energy industry certainly out there as well. But, you know, I don't know. Tech, to me, has always been an outpost. But obviously— I tell you, though, man, Joey McGuire is about to RKO Joey, Steve Sarkeesian on the recruiting trail. Yes, Joey McGuire. We knew that Joey McGuire, with all of his uh, connections, people around the state love him, man. It's paying dividends so far. If BB doesn't work out, I want Lanning at OU from the 214. Taco Tech, says the 918. The guy that promised Air Jordans to me and Tyler if Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia has said, yes, Lanning was a very serious candidate, and he will be the best head coach at OU if OU has a repeat of what happened last year. You're saying that Dan Lanning would come to Oklahoma if Brent drops off a whatever, really bad record? At this point, probably not. Are you leaving the University of Oregon after two years to take a job at Oklahoma? Now, if it were Dan Lanning's first head coaching job, depends on what the, depends on what happens to the Ducks. Also, with conference realignment, ex, well, exactly, and I think that'll factor into it too. But like, I uh, first off, I categorically dislike any conversation that is predicated upon the firing of Brent Venables. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. But also, like, now that Daniel Lanning's the head coach at Oregon, as long as they have success, Oregon's going to pay whatever it takes to keep Dan Lanning there because they already got jilted once by Mario Cristobal. Mm-hmm. They're going to make dang sure it doesn't happen again. That's true. That is true. Here uh- is the list for a listener in the 918. One, Oklahoma State. Wow. Number two, Texas. Number three, USC. Is it weird that I don't have OSU in my top five? No, because I, just, I don't I, think they're relevant enough. Here's the deal for me on OSU. I've always, you know, in Suter fans, you can kill me for this if you want to. That's fine. 
But I'm always rooted for Oklahoma State when they're not playing Oklahoma. Bottom line, that's pretty much it, you know. And I, I don't know. I just never developed. Uh, maybe I have some, you know, friends that I know went to OSU and some people I respect. Scott Verplank's a great guy. Larry Reese is a great guy. A bunch of great guys. You know, did Mike Gundy's high school state championship. And I know Mike Gundy can be different at times but by the way that's how you know steely's old right there that's exactly he called mike right. gundy's high school state championship game i can still remember mike gundy winning the state championship beating uh muskogee in the state championship game and we did it like a golly it was probably an hour and 15 minute post game for a high school game they just won state and midwest uh-huh. city kind of had the re- reputation of really good program can't win the big one and they did but i can remember mike gundy in his midwest city bombers uniform holding his helmet walking all the way up the steps to the press box to be on the post game that was a long time ago but he came he came all the way up did a post game interview with us and uh it was good stuff did he have a mullet back then too uh no he didn't have a mullet but he had i would say maybe a little bit longer hair maybe a little bit longer hair but man he was that was a great team though he was a stud there's no doubt all right, uh, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I don't know. How is your list of teams that you really don't like going to change going into the SEC? And, again, I had Texas 1, USC 2, Texas Tech 3, and then anticipating the SEC, LSU, and Florida 4 and 5. Coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Big weekend at Riverwind Casino. They all are, but this one is very special. Earth, wind, and fire will bring back the Showplace Theater. Coming up Friday nights, shows are back at the Showplace. Haven't had one in over three years thanks to that dreaded pandemic. The pandemic sucked. It ruined a lot of stuff, didn't it? But guess what? We are back at the Showplace Theater with Earth, wind, and fire on the stage coming up. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll be out at Riverwind for our usual Friday remote tomorrow. Can't wait to see Justin and the crew out there. And again, big night, Friday night, tomorrow night, Earth, Wind, and Fire on the uh, Showplace Theater stage. Now, that show is sold out there. Are tickets available for the following shows that are still out there for you? You can get at the Showplace Theater box office or online at riverwind.com. Collective Soul, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. The Counting Crows, August 25th. Also, a Foreigner. Uh, coming up in the fall, you also have Rodney Carrington and Aaron Lewis uh, fall show. Tickets are available still at the Showplace Theater, but Earth, Wind, and Fire, man, that's going to be awesome. Friday night at the Showplace Theater. Next Beats and Bites show, the Outdoor Concert Series at Riverwind, presented by Coop Ale Works, will be July 8th. Mark Chestnut headlining. Shenandoah and Tracy Bird will also be on the Beats and Bites stage July 8th. And keep in mind, that's where the Fireworks Spectacular happens uh, after the uh, show out at Beats and Bites 2023 on July 8th as well. August 26th, you'll also have Gary Allen with a show on the Beats and Bites stage outdoors at Riverwind with all the incredible local food trucks. And again, just a great time to be had outdoors. Bring your folding chairs, your lawn chairs, bring your appetite. Kids under 12 get in free and Beats and Bites tickets are uh, also available at Riverwind.com. They're only 10 bucks a piece. And the uh, renovation out there looks spectacular at Riverwind. Can't wait to be out there tomorrow. 
uh, at Riverwind Casino. All right, 405-651-3439. NBA draft is tonight. Thunder, uh, if they're unable to move up or if they want to trade down and get out uh, you know, of the 12th pick, we'll see. I think there will be some movement, but you have to have a willing dance partner to move up or move down. We'll see what happens with Oklahoma City picking 12th if they can't uh, move out of that selection. Oklahoma City, again, will be picking 12th tonight. NBA draft beginning at 7 o'clock this evening on uh, ABC and ESPN. Will it be uh, Kobe Bufkin, the uh, kid from Michigan, the lefty? A lot of people think that could be the choice. Maybe Grady Dick should be, uh, you know, right and maybe in that area. A lot of I've seen a lot of uh, mock drafts that have the Kansas swingman, the sharpshooter going 10-11, maybe 12. Leonard Miller from G League Unite, Taylor Hendricks, Kason Wallace would be a great get for Oklahoma City at 12. Uh, Kulabali, the uh, French swingman, you know, might be available. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen tonight. NBA draft, 7 o'clock on ABC and ESPN. Want to go to the text line? Hate lists are right, rolling in. Here we go. A listener here in the 405 says, my list is, number one, Texas, obvious. Number two, Notre Dame, ending the 47 straight streak and Paul Horning's Heisman. Number three, USC, 1973, 2005 Orange Bowl. Couldn't really care about Muleshoe being there. 73, that would have been uh, Switzer's team that went out to the Coliseum and they played to a tie out there. And that was the famous Joe Washington punt return. And that was Barry's first season. I mean, that may have been the second game. I know, the opener, I'm almost positive in that 73 season, was a win at Baylor. And then I, I'm trying to think if USC was second on the schedule. I'll go ahead and Google it up. Number four, LSU. 04 Sugar Bowl and 19 CFP. Terrible, horrible fans. Correct. Yes. Number five, Florida. 09 Natty. Gator bait. Horrible fans. Horrible state. Number six, Ole Miss. First, racists. Second, 99 Sharpie Bowl. Mm -hmm. Made me watch Y2K from Shreveport parking lot and listen to the terrible singing of Trini Trigg. (laughs) You know, the camp, I haven't been, but I've just heard the Grove and the campus there, Oxford, beautiful area. But there are some uh, deliverance kind of people there in, uh, in Mississippi, for sure. <laughs> there are people playing banjos on bridges there. There's no doubt playing dueling banjos. Cruton Therapist says, one, Texas, two, wherever Jimbo's coaching, three, wherever Mule Shoe's coaching. Yeah, and it's weird. Like, I don't have any real hate for A&M. It's, it's more of... Um, I don't know how to describe the A&M stuff. It's more of, okay, whatever. You know, it's kind of like the guy who thinks, you know, in high school he's in the cool group, but he's he's kind of on the fringe of the cool group, but he thinks he's <laughs> the coolest guy in school. That's A&M right there. But some of the traditions I kind of like. It's definitely different. It's not for everybody. I went to midnight yell practice. I was terrified and thought it was cool at the same time in some ways. It was. They're just. It's just totally different, man. Totally different. A listener in the four hundred two says, "No hate list is complete without Miami and or Notre Dame." Oh, you go back to the mid eighties, like eighty four through two thousand, and maybe a little bit beyond two thousand. Miami's got to be at the top of the list, definitely up there. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, "Texas, USC, LSU, Notre Dame, and Texas Tech." 
A listener in the 720, that'd be Denver, says, Real OU alums never cheer for Oklahoma State. We know they never cheer for OU. Oklahoma should only have one power university like Louisiana and Arkansas. You know what's – look, I'm not telling you because I didn't put Oklahoma State on my list, and I I really don't have any hatred for OSU. I'm saying this from a a guy who was born in Norman and graduated from OU – um, I, I do, I'm, I'm not telling you I'm sitting there going crazy rooting for Oklahoma State in every game they play, but I generally, you know, I don't root against them. I just don't. Texas, every time, yes, I don't care who they're playing. They could play Satan State, and I'd root for Satan State. But, <laughs> well, that's USC now. But that's how I feel about Texas and certainly how I feel about USC now because USC was already really close to that list, and once Muleshoe decided he was going to the evil empire – then they they really were on going to be on that list. Ronnie Crimson's hate list is one wherever Mule Shoe is, two wherever Mike Gundy is, three Texas, and four Paul <laughs> Feinbaum. Very specific. <laughs> Sam and Edmund says if you lived in the Houston area like I did for five years, you would hate A and M with a passion, like they stole your girlfriend. Ah, uh, you're probably right, Sam. You're probably right. I. I bet that would get a little bit annoying, probably a lot of bit annoying. I agree with this text from Chris and Lindsay, who says, I'd rather be waterboarded than watch the NBA draft. Hmm. You know, I'll be watching again on my phone just to see where the Thunder – I probably will just follow along, and then when they, the Thunder pick comes up, I'll probably put it on my phone. I don't find the drafts very entertaining myself. I, I just – I've never been a big draft Nick but I will be uh, – to me, you know, you put the hat on. It's a really bad interview. You know, how's it feel? Tell us about, you know, how you think you fit in. It's – I'm kind of with you on that, Chris. Don't get me wrong. I'll be paying attention, and I'll definitely be paying attention when the Thunder pick comes up. But other than that, not a huge draft guy. All right, keep it here. Coming right back, another hour to go on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back. Hour number two. Normally, we are spending a Thursday out at Cabin's Group. Gary and the crew out there, we are not obviously there today. We will be back next Thursday. But Cabin's, 13 years in the business, great reputation in the community. They have given away over the last four years. Well over $400,000 to the local community. They are a locally owned business with a great rep for emergency cleanup, roofing. They're the best. Gary's a great dude. And uh, like I said, you need to put their number. I would put them in your contacts because if you have a real problem of fire, fire damage, flooding, tornado damage, you want to know who to call. I would put Cavins, C-A-V-I-N-S. And then emergency on the uh, next line. And uh, the number in the metro area is 405-573-3048. That way, as soon as that happens, boom, I call Cavins because they'll answer 24-7. And they will be the first people to get out there because they have the most crews and they have the best crews in the area. So Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. In Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Online at Cavins Group, C-A-V. INSCavensGroup.com. Okay, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, which, as usual, is blowing up. Somebody uh, told me the other day, we need to take more phone calls. 
we're a two-hour show, and, I mean, we might end up taking some phone calls. By the way, T.J. Ecker coming up at 135. You want to take some phone calls down the road? Here's the thing about taking phone calls, and this is no disrespect to any of you individually mm-hmm. at all, but I, I apparently we found out a few weeks ago that the dump button in this studio, for whatever reason, doesn't work. Yes. Josh Helmer was the one who discovered that. So if Hal from Holdenville hops on the line and says something that isn't FCC appropriate, mm-hmm. well, then we're kind of stuck. Modern-day PDs, and I'm not saying uh, TJ's a great uh, program director here, and we still take some phone calls. A lot of it for us is this show moves so fast that I, a lot of radio people now, not necessarily in this market, they think that taking phone calls is the lazy way because you don't have to do any work. Or th- there are some people out there that are afraid because people have so many political opinions now and they think they're funny that they want to work those in and people don't want to deal with that. I'm talking about mainly the rest of the country because they think all it's going to do is irritate an advertiser and they're going to call and go, hey, you had this jackweed on the phone and he said, you know, this, how could you let that on the air? Pull my advertising. And a lot of those people think they're super, you know, funny and they're really not. Did you say jackweed? I did. Well, I mean, surely that's what the advertiser is going to say. I'm just telling you, that's kind of the uh, the national opinion because we've, we've trained a lot of people throughout this market. I was one of them because all we did was take phone calls for years and years and years and years and years. And I'm not opposed to taking some. But, you know, Sean Trusuna, those are great callers. Um, you know, they're they're informed. And, again, they're not trying to make any statement here. They, I mean, outside of the world of sports. So that's just kind of – I'm just telling you what the national – most of the national perspective is. Now, if you're doing an overnight show or something, believe me, you're, you're begging for phone calls, that kind of thing. You're getting guests or you want phone calls or you're doing a uh, – you know, you're basically talking to yourself a lot of times. So, all right, 405-651-3439. But a lot of it, I'm telling you, what I hear is that advertisers are not wanting to hear some dude call in from Godibo and go off on some political rant and decide, you know what? I don't want to be on your station anymore. That's another part of it. So anyway, from a listener in the five eighty, never take a call from anyone in Holdenville. Those people are nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh, uh, back to, back to the hate lists. Mike in Tulsa says, I once heard A&M called the North Korea of football. They like to dress up and march around, but not really a danger to anyone. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. I like it. A listener in the 918 up there in Greeden Country says, I used to try to root for O-State living around Tulsa. It got to the point where I hated the fans so much, I hope they lose in every sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody says, I vote for no phone calls. Most are not entertaining. Most are like fingernails on a chalkboard. I'm just saying a couple people have asked me about that because one of the old shows I did, it was, I mean, it was all about phone calls. But one of the things that we did is we, I had my producer tell them they're kind of on a shot clock. Don't say, you know, hey, how you doing? What's up? Well, you know, just like this weather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> guess what I had for breakfast? I mean, okay. You know, I so I used to tell my old producer tony i just said look don't be rude but tell him you've got about 90 seconds unless you've got something great because i wanted it to move 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 and we got it where it was moving along pretty well but you know things change like i said i'm not opposed to it but that's 
I'm just telling you kind of what the national take on that stuff is from at least some of the PDs I've seen. Brazilian Sooner says, my hate list is number one, Mule Shoe. Number two, Kayla Williams. Number three, Colin Cowherd. All deceiving weasels. Number four, anything Texas. Can't believe I put them fourth, but that's how I feel. See, I'm telling you, the uh, the dislike runs very deep. There is all Sooner fans. You know, SC is one of those schools that's caused them a lot of pain. And then when you have, uh, you know, your head coach, which, look, a lot of people are already frustrated with because they weren't sure this guy was going to get Oklahoma over the hump. Most would tell you no. But to do it in such a clandestine way, and I understand you can't come out at Lincoln Riley. Guess what, guys? Before we start talking about this week's game, I'm thinking about USC, okay? I just want to let you know. I, I know that. But the way it was handled with some of the uh, flat-out lies, I think, afterwards was what it was, too. And kind of the the brazen cockiness of, Kerry, I'm not going to LSU or, you know, uh, you know, it just – it wasn't handled well. And I'm not sure you can handle that situation well. But it was – it was an F minus in terms of a letter grade. By the way, this is a fun conversation. And this is courtesy of the college football Twitter account Sicko's Committee. Uh, I, I, I thought about this because Jamie and Whitehouse texted in to say, living here, Texas is the worst. I hope they lose at checkers and water polo. <laughs> Which reminded me that I'd seen this tweet the other day from Sicko's Committee. And it's got like... A hundred plus different obscure NCAA sports, mm-hmm. and it lists the national, the reigning national champions in all those sports. So, how about this? I'm going to give you an obscure sport. Okay. You ask, you, you tell me which school you think is the national champion. All right. The reigning national champion in said sport. We'll start with an easy one Gaelic football. What kind of football? Gaelic. I ain't saying wrong to me, you know. Uh, Texas. No, Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Well, yes. All there right. you go. Gaelic football. Yep. Uh, meat judging. Meat judging is Kansas State's. Close. They're actually the reigning national champions in meat animal evaluation. Oh, really? Okay. But not meat judging. Meat judging. Meat judging belongs to the Aggies. Okay. All right. They figures. The reigning national champions in croquet from within this very state. What? Tulsa. Nope. OSU? Nope. Croquet champions? Croquet national champions. OCU. Oklahoma Wesleyan. Where is Oklahoma Wesleyan? The heck if I know, Steely. I'm not from here. But, yes, Oklahoma Wesleyan is the reigning NCAA national champion in croquet. Don't you have to have a trust fund to be eligible to play croquet or, like, badminton? I'm sure you do. Is that a rule? By the way, what is – so what is the the Kansas State-Iowa State rivalry? I'm spacing on it. What do they call it? Kansas State-Iowa State? I don't remember. I don't know. Farmageddon. That's right. Farmageddon. Yeah, Farmageddon. That's a good one. And so how appropriate is it that they split – the national title in crop judging, mm-hmm. Kansas State and Iowa State. Would you care to guess? There's a whole different kind of crop judging going on right now out there. And I imagine it's one of those lefty universities out there in the Pac-12 country. Pickleball. Who do you think? Pickleball champions. 
What conference? What region? ACC. Who would be the pickleball champions from the ACC? Think elitists. Duke. Mm, close. Very close. You're on the right road. Is there anybody more elitist than Duke in the ACC? Is North Carolina yes, elitist? North Carolina. There you go. I still consider Duke a little more elitist, but that's just me. This might be the easiest one of all. Book. Bartlesville for Oklahoma Wesleyan, by the way. We're Book hearing. collecting. Book collecting. Again, this is a national cha- – I guess it's not sanctioned by the NCAA, but this is a collegiate national championship competition. Book collecting. I wonder if you can recruit a five-star book collector, <laughs> man. Where's he going? <laughs> I wonder if that's what they – I wonder if in the Ivy League they have message boards <laughs> for that type of stuff. How are we looking with this book collecting prospect? Book collecting. All right. What uh, is it? A Power Five conference? No, it's an Ivy League. Oh, it, okay. It is Ivy League. Yeah. I thought you were just joking about the Ivy League. Book collecting would belong to Yale. Yeah. Again, close. Harvard. Well, Harvard was the easy one, but okay. Financial planning. Financial planning. That is going to be. A&M, Miami, or Tennessee, or Oregon? <laughs> it's Utah Valley. Utah it's... Valley? Okay. Okay, two more. Concrete canoe. Concrete canoe. Gosh, this is good. We could make a whole show out of this because there's some canoe. bizarre sports on here, if you can even call them sports. Concrete canoe. What the heck is a con? I mean, wasn't a concrete canoe sink? That was my thought. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> Who could? Let's build this concrete canoe and see if we can float it. Um, I don't know what the heck that is. So what region of the country are we talking about? West Coast. Uh, Stanford. No. Cal Poly. Cal Poly is the national champion in concrete canoe. Race to zero waste. Again, this is an actual competitive thing. I'm going to stop short of calling it a sport. But this is apparently a competition. That's going to be a West Coast uh, operative. Race to zero waste. Am I right, West Coast? Uh, I Yes. Yes, you are correct, West Coast. That would be Pepperdine. That's a very good guess. It's not Pepperdine. Uh, but you are, you are actually quite close geographically. Really? Um, UCLA? Nope. Get one more guess. Hmm. Okay, California school. Cal Berkeley. Loyola Marymount. Really? The man. Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball, Paul Westhead. Once a budding basketball dynasty. That's right. Now the national dynasty in the race to zero waste. There you go. I like. I had no idea some of those sports. And I found out that Oklahoma Wesleyan is in Bartlesville. So there you go. Uh, Jay from Medill says, Brandon Walker read this whole list on the Barstool pod. I don't know what's worse, the list or the fact I listened. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. But um, book collecting, that you've got to be. I wonder, like I said, the, uh, the book collectors uh, 247 list, team rankings right now, I'm not sure. Where's OU on that list? Do we know? I don't know, man, but looking over this list, I'm like, man, why didn't I just, as a child, why didn't my parents train me up to be a prodigy in one of these obscure sports? Wouldn't that be a cool claim to fame? 
Not really. I I am the number one <laughs> concrete canoe prospect in the nation. I still want to know what concrete canoe is because I have no idea. We got to figure it out. All right, we got a break right here. Four zero five. 651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. T.J. Eckert coming up, 135. We'll talk a uh, little draft, a lot of college football, and probably a little ORU baseball coming up right here in the home of Sooner fans. All right, we are back. Good to have you along. 405. People say that Concrete Canoe is actually that, building a concrete I canoe. I got a call about it in the break. I mean, because – you know, I'm I'm like Forrest Gump. I'm not a smart man, but I know what a canoe is. But I didn't know there was a concrete canoe contest. So they literally build a canoe out of concrete. I mean, that's what it sounds like, but I thought... I, I'm, I'm still wondering how you make it float. That's why I'm not an engineer. It sounds like, like a David Letterman segment, Will It Float, back in the day. Was that actually a segment? I guess that, yes, it was. But I guess these brilliant engineers can find a way to mix concrete, put it in canoe form and make it float would be my guess all right uh we should hear from gary cabins i think here a little bit uh in a little bit gary uh they're the best in the business normally we are out at cabins every thursday we went one month we went on wednesdays but normally every thursday planks out there and i'm out there we love being out there 13 years in the business best in the business at cabins they give back to the community the Norman, Oklahoma City community, they, they have given up, um, given away over $400,000 over the last four years, almost $450,000 because they invest back in the community. They have a great reputation. They are the best in the business. When you have an emergency situation, when the fire truck arrives or leaves, you need to call Cavens. Make them your first call. If your pipes break, you have flooding, office or home, when you have uh, mold growth that you see in your home or business, well, you need to give give Cavens a call first. They have the best crews and the most crews and the most up-to-date crews in terms of being trained to handle one of these emergencies because they're always going to classes and getting the very latest techniques to deal with these emergency situations. In Norman and Oklahoma City, that number is 405-573-3048. And in uh, Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Cavens Group, the best. Wade in OKC says, aircraft carriers float. I'd assume an aircraft carrier probably has to be made of some pretty hefty material. But yes. it's, not, it's, not, it's not all concrete, is it? Right, It can't mm-hmm. be. Uh, from the 405, the USA made concrete ships back in the war. That was one thing the caller mentioned, is that battleships in World War II were made out of concrete. wonder what the Edmund Fitzgerald was made out of. Gordon Lightfoot's blood, sweat, and tears. That's what it was made out of but had a problem there on the big lake they call Gitchigumi. You love that song now, don't you? It is a good song. It is a good song. No dispute to be had there. Rocket Sooner says the concrete canoe is not about the material. It's about the shape. Mm, Same for steel, a.k.a. battleships. See, there's a reason he's called Rocket Sooner. He's probably a rocket scientist. Which we are not. I'm the opposite of rocket scientist. I've always been kind of a creative sports, you know, kind of that's the way my mind works. Um, But when it comes to mechanical stuff or understanding any of that stuff, you can put the dunce cap on me. Period. I wonder if the dunce cap should come back. 
I don't know that I've ever seen an actual dunce cap. What does it look like? It's a pointed cap. I don't know if it has okay. dunce written on it, but, but, you know, that's another we don't call people that anymore either. Now, this is a, this is a very, you know, different society. We should be able to call people dummies and dunces. We, we're trying to be, bring back schmuck and shyster as well. There were a few concrete ships during the Civil War. See, these people are a lot smarter than me. Joe Pesci knows how to make concrete canoes, and he also takes guest reservations. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, the concrete business, is the, uh, the, the mobs made a lot of money with concrete, and they've created a lot of grave sites with concrete. Yes. Jimmy Hoffa might be resting there now. Who knows? Somewhere. So, anyway. But I, I don't know. I just never heard of that before. So, all right, 405-651-3439. So, CBS Sports ranked the uh, and predicted records for all the Big 12 teams. And uh, Texas predicted to win the league at 10-2. and This is from CBS Sports. And Uh, this is from one writer at CBS uh, Sports. One writer, but they bill it as CBS Sports. Yeah, K-State, 10-2. and Now, Texas does host Kansas State. So maybe that's why the edge goes to Texas. Oklahoma was projected at nine and three with losses to Texas, TCU, and OSU. Uh, Tech was fourth. UCF was fifth. Oklahoma State sixth. Projected the Cowboys at eight and four. Then it was Baylor, uh, TCU at eight. Iowa State, Houston, Kansas, BYU, Cincinnati, and West Virginia in that order. Now, if you believe this, and again, it's one national CBS Sports writer's opinion, but we've talked about the Sooner schedule. You've got to go out and win 10 football games. Arkansas State last – well, Arkansas State's an automatic win anyway. But they were 3-9 and nine last year. SMU was 7-6, and 5-3 and three in the American Conference. And lost some key players, obviously. One's at Wisconsin now, right? Tanner Mordecai? That's right. That's uh, right. Might is. be the Dang. starter there. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with that Wisconsin team this fall because – Anytime you are completely changing the offensive mm-hmm. philosophy, it's either going to be a revelatory success or it's going to take a while to settle in. Like, there's not really any in between. I don't think it's the type of thing where this Wisconsin offense Luke is going to come alive. Luke Fickle can coach, though, right? He can. He can. I don't think it's the type of deal where this Wisconsin offense is suddenly going to come alive in the second half of the season. No, it's either going to be a smashing success from the get-go or Wisconsin's going to go through a lot of what Oklahoma went through a year ago. Wisconsin has traditionally been, for years and years and years and years, kind of the smash-mouth football team in college football, right? When you think of the running backs and uh, not that they didn't throw the ball some, and they've certainly been doing that more, but Wisconsin, if you think about it, a college football team that runs it predominantly you know, over the last 25 years or so, you'd probably say Wisconsin, or at least they would be up near the top of the list. But other teams, Tulsa was 5-7 and seven and 3-5. and five. Oklahoma goes to Tulsa. Cincinnati was 8-4, and four, but they lost Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Uh, That's not going to be an 8-4 and four football team. No, not even close. So this, I mean, really, and look, BYU was projected – Again, and they've got Keaton Slovis came in, right, as the quarterback? Yes, that's right. I forgot about and, that. Uh, but they were projected. Slovis. They're going to be, you know, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in the preseason poll. Now, going to Pro Bowl, and the Sooners are 0-2 against BYU. They've had some bad things happen in games against BYU. But you 100% should absolutely 100% be able to win 10 games with this schedule. I mean, it's, like I said, 
bad golf analogy, you're playing Westwood Park. It's a fun course, well-maintained, good pro shop, nice grill, but you're not playing Oakmont with a schedule or Wingfoot. I mean, you should be able to go out and win 10, and you get a chance to run the table with this. Now, we know even for OU's best teams how hard it is to run the table, right? But you absolutely have to go out and win double-digit games with this, this schedule. By the sure. way, somebody in the 918 says, OU has a concrete canoe team. I had never but heard of that, ever. Clearly, clearly they need to recruit better. Because if Cal Poly's winning national titles, I mean, this is the University mm-hmm. of Oklahoma, Steely. Mm-hmm. Just settling for mediocrity and concrete canoe? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Patty wow. Gasso needs to be recruiting for the concrete canoe team. Civil engineering students, but yeah, brilliant people are working on the uh, concrete canoes, I'm sure. So that's I, why like we're said, never, sitting here bloviating that's because right. we are not brilliant people. Like I said, I've always told people it should say on my business card, Mike Steely, professional boop artist, PBA. That's pretty much it. Do you have a business card? I do for uh, my stream and that company that I formed, small company, but I do have for that. I don't have one for the ref. Have you taken your meeting yet, by the way? Taken my meeting? You need to be signing up for meetings. You need to check your email. The land run is on for these meetings, and uh, I win the Sooner crowd. You boomers are going to be left behind. I'm just saying. Go talk to – no, it's not a big deal. But we're we're doing meetings in July. Oh. You might be in trouble. Yeah, I was about to say this. This sounds is it gonna, are they somewhat gonna, ambiguous. Finally, going to put me out to pasture. Is that what's going to happen? Finally, I'll have to. Steely, we're going to honor your contract till you hit sixty. <laughs> yeah. Once you do, can't say mid anymore, and you're off the air. Can't say mid anymore. That's right. I have until August eighteenth. Okay, break time. T.J. Eckert's going to join us coming up next. We'll talk. A little college football, talk about his experience in Omaha with ORU and the NBA draft. Ah, Holland Oates. Was Oates, among duos, was he one of the worst sidekicks? Because Daryl Hall made Holland Oates. I would say that Oates was like Robin to Daryl Hall's Batman. But he had a fine-looking 70s, 80s stash. Oates did. We'll be right back. That must mean it's TJ Eckert time joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. TJ, I appreciate it. I know you were coming back from Omaha yesterday. How was the experience there with ORU? Man, that was my first time going. Never been to Omaha before other than staying there for a night for the Nebraska game in the fall. So I didn't really get to enjoy it. That's Omaha is built for the College World Series. It is awesome. Dang straight. Great experience. Great experience. Uh, now, Parker, you get to relate to this. It felt a little like Tulsa. Is that a fair comparison, Tulsa and Omaha? I think there are, like, obviously I haven't spent a ton of time in Tulsa, but I've spent enough sure. time there to be able to say, yeah, I think there are some legit similarities there. Yeah, I think it was, you know, kind of has a small town feel, but has the big city stuff that you can enjoy and, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Omaha was a great atmosphere for it. Uh, just watching games outside of ORU's games was fun, too. That was it, was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I got to do it. Now, is your power still on and all that stuff? I mean, there's some people in Tulsa that yeah. are just struggling right now. I'm ridiculous. I mean, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, You're doing all right, though? 
we're, we're good. Yeah. So I was I was in Omaha for it, so I, I avoided it. And uh, my wife said that we lost power for about about 12 hours. We're kind of on the outskirts of Tulsa, but if you live in Tulsa proper, there's still people right now that don't have power. So uh, we're certainly fortunate. Had maybe a little bit of fence damage, but nothing crazy. So we we definitely lucked out on that end. But there are a lot of people who still without power. We saw stoplights that aren't working. So I mean, it was almost a week ago now. It's pretty crazy that it's still we're still dealing with it. Well, TJ, now that Oral Roberts' journey to and through the College World Series has tragically come to an end, I guess the next item on the docket is Big 12 Media Days taking place yeah. in mid-July. So we're, I mean, shoot, barely three weeks away from what will be Oklahoma's last trip down to Dallas for Big 12 Media Days. Obviously, you got four new teams in the mix uh, obviously, there's a lot of shifting sands right now in the conference, semantically more so than anything else. But as we look ahead to Big 12 media days, is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to hearing, seeing, evaluating when the 14 members of the conference all meet down there at AT&T Stadium? Yeah, you know, Parker, it's interesting. I would imagine that OU in particular will take the the – I won't call it the high road, but we're not probably going to get anything massive from them uh, in terms of leaving the conference, in terms of, you know, this being their last year in the conference and trying to make a statement or anything like that. You know, I think it would be pretty cut and dry from, from OU. I am curious to hear what maybe some of the other coaches have to say or what the four new coaches have to say coming into the conference. Um, I'd imagine that they will be not, – not to say anybody's going to have just crazy off-the-wall opinions, but I would imagine they'll be a little more free-willing to talk than maybe OU and Texas would. So I am looking forward to hearing from the four new teams. I think that'll be interesting. Interesting format that all 14 teams are talking both days. That's a little different. Normally you have half the teams talk one day, half the other. But this year both teams, both days are full with all 14 teams. So I'll be curious to see what that looks like, if it's like head coaches one day, players the next, or how they're going to split that up. But uh, also curious to see who OU brings. I know it's always a topic of interest. you got to imagine that Dylan Gabriel will be there. Uh, and then, I don't know, Ethan Downs. Just, just I'll be curious to see who OU brings, and I'll be curious to hear what coaches have to say about OU and Texas leaving or what their opinions are of the new four teams uh, that they bring in. It's really going to be weird this year. I almost feel like OU fans want to just leapfrog this season and get into the yeah. SEC. Now, they don't want to do it with this team. You know, they want to they want another year of experience <laughs> yeah. under under their belts in terms of getting ready for the SEC. But – uh, it's going to be a totally uh, different kind of situation. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, it, it always feels like the Big 12 media days are kind of the unofficial kickoff of the new season. Well, you yeah. have to wait a little bit until fall practice begins. Uh, what about uh, Kevin Wilson in this Tulsa squad? Uh, how do you think it's going to take shape? And, uh, you know, he looks like he's hired a pretty good staff, and uh, he's getting along with all the media members now, it appears. So how do you think it's going to – Work out for Kevin Wilson. Haven't had any issues with uh, Coach Wilson since our, our earlier debacle, so which is nice. Uh, they are dealing with storm damage. I don't know if you saw my picture. Their goalpost got bent like in half, and uh, one of their stadium lights fell on the basketball arena, which is pretty wild to think about. So they are dealing with some of that right now. Maybe that's why he's been quiet on social media. I don't know. But it's good to see finally hired a defensive coordinator. That was kind of the, the big question we had all spring ball. What are you going to do? You know, uh, Guerrero came to, from Ohio State to Tulsa to be the D.C. and then got the D.C. job at Indiana. He left right before camp started. So 
but he likes his staff. He's he's really big and high on uh, Dominic Franks is there uh, uh, coaching in the, the secondary. He really likes him, likes what he's been able to bring. Uh, so he's got, a, he's got a quality staff. The, the question for me, I was looking through the roster actually uh, when I was in Omaha. I was talking with some other media guys about Pulse of football and don't really recognize a ton of names on the defensive side. So that'll be a big concern going into the season. You don't have, you didn't get a DC in until the end of spring ball. You, you don't have a big, bunch of big name guys on the defensive side of the ball anyway. So uh, that will be the only concern going in for me is, is what that defense looks like. Hey, TJ, off the top of your head, you know who handles the Oklahoma Wesleyan croquet beat up there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sure don't. What, what did I miss? Apparently, they're the reigning national champions in the sport of croquet. That uh, can't be. We I, were, wow. So we were talking about half an hour ago now. Uh, the college football Twitter account Sickos Committee put out a list yeah. of a bunch of obscure sports and the reigning national champions and all those sports. And I'm looking through the list, and I see the Oklahoma Wesleyan logo accompanied by the <laughs> word croquet. So apparently, oh. if nothing else, Oklahoma Wesleyan can lay claim to the country's premier croquet institution. Who's coming in for visits this week for five-star croquet yeah. prospects? We need to find out. 247 croquet what? team rankings. Hey, do they you, have a uh, they have a champion barbecue up there for the Oklahoma Wesleyan uh, croquet? <laughs> no, it's like champion caviar weekend or something is what it is for croquet. <laughs> champion deviled eggs. <laughs> champion deviled eggs. Okay, are you, do you know what concrete canoe is? <laughs> Should I? No, I don't think so. But all the geniuses on the text line who are like civil engineers are telling us what it is. What is it, Parker? Because who is the concrete canoe champion? Cal Poly. It was Cal Poly. Yeah. Okay. And apparently oh, OU has apparently OU has a concrete canoe team, which I did not realize. But yeah, I had somebody call between the breaks earlier in the show, and they're like, "Yeah, concrete canoe. It's a legit thing. I used to do it when I was in college." Is that, are we sure it's not like a drinking game? See, I'm the idiot who said, concrete canoe, well, it would sink, right? And I'm sure all the engineers are <laughs> yeah. going, God, Steely's a moron. So. I, I, uh, I was, so, uh, quick story on that. Up there in Omaha, I was sitting eating lunch, and there was one of the PCU beat writers or something, and talking about, I can't remember what the conversation was. Oh, it was just about ORU making, you know, a run in the Sweet 16 in basketball and then now making a run at the World Series. And he's like, you know, TCU's got a pretty good athletic program. They've been to six semifinals national semifinals this year and i was like okay football and baseball obviously since they beat or you know they're they're there but what, so what's the other ones and it was like one was rifle like co-ed rifle which i didn't realize was a really sport co-ed rifle one of them was equestrian um and i'm trying to remember the other ones but the, it was you know the the go-to whenever you think of obscure sports is like underwater basket weaving and that's kind of what i felt like he was going to say because some of them i hadn't even considered to be you know, NCAA sports, but yeah, the rifle team apparently really good, as is the equestrian team at TCU. So there you go. There you go. How about that, man? Educational program today: concrete canoe, co-ed rifle, croquet championships. Uh, what was the uh, judging? Crop judging. Who was the national champion there? A and M. Yeah, crop judging too. That's a. There's a championship awarded for that that we didn't know about. So there you go. There we go. The more you know. TJ, appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. You bet, guys. Thanks. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you, TJ Eckert. Uh, the guy from the Bartles, Bartlesville Examiner, what did he tell us? Mike? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Civil that's engineering just, students. Okay. Well, maybe that's in response to who's on the Oklahoma Wesleyan croquet beat. I guess someone's ah, the name Ah, there you go. Mike, Mike Tupa.
Tom, there was a Tom Tupa quarterback, there was. right? Quarterback and Ohio, punter. Ohio State was Tom Tupa. Yes, Tom Tupa. Yeah, he played at Ohio State, and I believe he holds the distinction of being the first player in NFL history mm-hmm. to successfully complete a two-point conversion. How about that? When it became legal in the NFL. Okay, so uh, Mark and Blanchard says that Oklahoma Wesleyan used to be called Bartlesville Wesleyan. Okay, that's where I'm like, where is Oklahoma Wesleyan? All right, you know, I've never been to Bartlesville. Really, never. It's one place I've never been to. I've driven through there. I've driven through there. I've never actually spent time there. But home of one of my uh, good friends growing up, Sean Baker's dad, David Baker, uh, Bartlesville Sooner, I believe. Uh, played for Bud Wilkinson back in the day. All pro safety for the 49ers back in the day. Uh, became a uh, very successful athletic director then at uh, uh, Bethany Nazarene College back in the day, which is now Southern Nazarene. But he was big time in Bartlesville. But I've, I've never been there. I may have driven by, but I've never stopped there. So maybe I, I need to go on a Bartlesville tour along with Skip Johnson DeMarco Murray and Taylor Tatum once they drive the parade route through Bartlesville, right? Oh, this is like a statewide parade. Yeah, why not? Statewide. Stop at the Blue Whale of Catoosa. I mean, there are many stops we have to make along the way. We'll be right back. All right, we're not out at Cavens Group today. We will be next week, but it's another Cavens Group Thursday. Keep in mind, emergency situation, pipes break, fire damage, building your house, has a flood, mold growth, all of that stuff. They're also great with roofing, roofing repairs, replacement, and free inspections. Cavens Group, 405-573-3048 in the uh, metro area in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Huge weekend at Riverwind Casino. You know they have the uh, best game selection now, nearly 3,000 electronic games on a brand-new-looking, beautiful Gaming floor, best games, all your favorite table games as well. Great poker room, uh, two high-stakes areas. They've got off-track betting. They have the best promotions, the best bars and dining. Uh, new member seven program, get your Riverwind wild card. You can earn up to $450 in one day. It's a great deal. They will have the drawings for the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion this Saturday. Preliminary drawings from 6 to 1130. But you're going to have a chance to win big. They're going to draw out three winners every half hour from 6 to 11.30 Saturday to win up to $500 cash or $1,000 in bonus play. And then just before midnight, two grand prize winning patrons are going to be selected to receive $1,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash plus any leftover unclaimed prize amounts. And uh, Friday night's going to be special as well. Showplace Theater is back. And... Uh, Texas isn't back yet. We know that. But the Showplace Theater, we say the Showplace Theater is back. We mean it. Because Earth, Wind, and Fire will be on the beach on the Showplace Theater stage coming up this Friday night. And uh, you can get tickets to other great concerts at the Showplace Theater. This will be the first show in over three years at the Showplace. What a way to kick it off with Earth, Wind, and Fire. There are tickets for other shows still available right now. Collective Soul, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Counting Crows, August 25th. Uh, show, shows later in the fall and on into uh, November 4 and Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis. Tickets still available at Riverwind.com. And uh, the next Beats and Bites show up, Mark Chestnuts, the headliner, July 8th on the Coop Aleworks Beats and Bites stage outdoors at Riverwind. Shenandoah and Tracy Bird will also be there. A spectacular fireworks display as well. Local food trucks, craft beer from Coop Aleworks in a very fun, relaxing environment outdoors. 
Tickets are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free at Beats and Bites. So get your tickets online at Riverwind.com. Okay, let's close it out. Uh, by the way, do you want to update people just in case they tuned in? We did talk about the Taylor Tatum situation and uh, how SC fans are just losing their minds over this, which is always fun because Mule Shoe caught in a lie. Yes, Mule Shoe was lying. Telling As Taylor is his Tatum. Nature. Taylor Tatum, who also plays baseball, uh, and Muleshoe told him what, and Skip Johnson countered with what? Uh, well, Muleshoe was like, yeah, I was the one that helped Kyler Murray balance his two-sport responsibilities while at Oklahoma, which is not true. And Skip Johnson made that known to Taylor Tatum. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Muleshoe had nothing to do with that. Look, here's all the ways that this baseball program can, A, prioritize your development in this sport, and help you balance your responsibilities here with your responsibilities over at the Switzer Center and help make you an elite professional prospect in both baseball and football. So needless to say, Skip Johnson's pitch was a little bit more effective than Mule Shoes. There you go. So, and you said earlier you feel about, uh, I asked you to put a, you know, I'm a percentage guy. I asked you to put a percentage on, how confident you feel that Taylor Tatum will wind up at OU, and you said 80%. How quickly do you think that could happen? It should happen soon. I know that much. I don't know the exact timeline. I know the flurry of predictions that have flown in over the last couple of days for Taylor Tatum to Oklahoma uh, has caused the kid to reevaluate the timeline, like especially with him being as – highly coveted of a prospect as he is and want to take his time and make the decision the way that he wants it to. Uh, I got this sense yesterday and talking to a few sources that maybe he wouldn't be as eager to go public in an immediate sense with the decision because he wanted to wait for things to cool off a little bit in the aftermath of all those predictions. So I, I do know this, we should have a commitment date set whether it is in the near future or a bit further out, we should have a commitment date set within the next four or five days. There you go. And uh, is it July 8th again around the corner for Devon Mitchell? That is correct. Still feeling pretty good about OU there? I do. No reason to think that it won't be Oklahoma for Devon Mitchell unless John Ruiz and Life Wallet throw a bag. We do have a couple Hall of Fame texts to close out today. Uh, 5808. The Concrete Canoes are a 90s ska cover band. Pretty good. I like it. I like it. And there's one up top again. Crochet National Championship. Is this where we're at? Where we're at? This show's going down like a concrete canoe. By the way, KW the 918 well added. If OU does not land David Stone and Williams Nwaneri, the format of this show should shift towards Oklahoma Wesleyan concrete croquet talk. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. They're putting me out to pasture soon. Don't worry about this it. Is, this is a great question from Coy. Do they actually have, like, coaches for these? Right, who's Who spends time coaching collegiate croquet? That's what I would love to know. I wonder if they have a media guide, you know, Oklahoma Wesleyan concrete canoe squad, you know, and so-and-so head coach. Probably got some Scott. Well, they're the – what were they the champions in? Croquet, right? Yeah, exactly. They probably got some Scottish transplant octogenarian who just hangs out in Bartlesville teaching croquet. Well, it's not Scottish. It's crap. Sorry. (laughs) Couldn't help myself. 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't figured out, it is the summer. We want to thank Gary and the folks at Cabin's Group. We'll be back out there next Thursday. Thanks to Dr. Bellardo, Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, and, of course, the one and only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. We'll see you.